0: transition us into our topic and I kind of think this is a cool place for us to all put our heads which is I used to and now I and I like that because I do think this time of year but also all of us are no spring chickens Um, you know we're all we've all been in our professions for more than just like one or two years so I do think we really can come to the table with like a yeah I used to six or seven, eight or nine, 10 or 11 years ago, 20 years ago, and now I know that, like, this is what's actually valuable. And so I'm wondering, just like, as we wrap up this school year, what are some things that, like, you know are important? What's some things that you thought were dire to get done before the end of the school year that now has shifted your perspective? And what are, just like, what does this end of the year look like that maybe um, you're really proud of how your year looks now because of it?
1: Well, for me, I know, Joanna, this has come from you and your work around focusing on the internal, and um, in addition to the external, right, both being important, um, and I think it's really put words to something that I have come a long way with over the years, and, and really thinking outwardly, both in other people, specifically students, you know, what are, the, what are their needs, what are the, what's their experience, how can I meet their needs as a teacher? And, and not so much looking at, well, how is my own identity affecting this? How is my own emotional state uh, or mental state affecting this interaction right now? And, and working on that, you know, unpacking identity, unpacking emotions over the years. And it's just been this past, you know, months meeting you and, and just putting those words to it. it's that internal work um, and just, uh, just some of the ways that you've expressed it. Um, I feel like there's no turning back for me now that's been kind of recently, just a, 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 f- a focus that like not only is that important, but, but right now prioritizing it and making it that is more really great important over hear. the external, especially those external, you know, things like grades and, and tests that, that how we typically measure achievement right. and learning and, and growth. And how
2: you just described it is why I also know it's so valuable for students. It's the kind of thing of like, once you see it, you can't unsee it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. Mm-hmm. So I could piggyback uh, because it's basically the same thing. But you just made me think about something. When you were saying about your last year, about how how you just reflected. I just had a snap just my last year. And, yeah, I, I was terrible mentally last year. But just now being intentional about am I present before I come to a group? Like, what am I bringing to this group? Like, am I even in a place to hold this group today? Like, I ask myself those questions every day. So just to just to allow myself that time to be present and not let what I'm going through in life dictate my energy for the groups and mm-hmm. cause it, you know, energy translates to the kids. So yeah, it was, so it was, yes, totally about me this year. So I learned like, I, I gotta take better care of me to take better care of the whole.
0: Well, just to go back though, what Daniel is saying too, this time of year, I feel like we've got field trips, we've got di- deciding what classes we're teaching next year. We've got Deciding what are we doing to get kids passing in this last like little hurdle before graduation? And there's all of these moving parts where professionally as colleagues two two adults might not jive in what the next decision-making is. Oh, I'm switching classrooms. You're teaching a new class. You get to teach the class that I wanted to teach or well, you know what, I'm gonna have, I'm mad that this field trip is happening on the day that I was supposed to plan a test. All these like little rifts that could happen. And I find I found myself just recently with another colleague where we were gonna have a dates overlap for next year for this big field trip. Already we'd figured it out next year, there's gonna be a date issue. And at first I was pretty mad that I was receiving this information rather than being a part of the conversation. But I didn't really, vent it out to anyone because i just really didn't think i needed to processed it and then actually i went and found the colleague talked to him about it we kind of were able to work it out and then i just straight up said i was like you know i'm in it for the long game i know that we're going to be colleagues for the next five six ten years and it's more important that this relationship stays strong and that it is valued because kids are going to come and go field trip next year has to be on a different day Who cares? We'll figure it out because this partnership means so much more as colleagues than what day an event takes place one time. And I don't know that I would have been mature enough to really put my collegial relationship first Mm. four years ago. You know I just think it's a shift in like what actually actually matters and what we can do if we're just well open-minded. and the idea that you went and sought someone out you know yeah. um,
2: I just think about that too as I do my own work and advise other people you know step one is usually always go talk to that person is what I advise but it's not what comes naturally to people right they're like should I send an email and I'm always like oh You ain't going to find much on my email, honestly, because I will go talk to people all the time. I would, you know, so I like hearing that, that, you know, you just knew that. And we're like, I'm going to go talk to this person because, again, that face to face, you're more inclined to work it out and feel that like this is important over the long term
0: especially I feel like between sometimes, I don't know if it's true for other levels, but in high school, it's very much sometimes departmentalized. Territorial kind of. You know, it's so silly and dumb. And it's like, this is all one school. We're all here for the same group of people even. Like we don't need to compete or anything. So yeah, that's, I feel like that's where I've, where I once was and where I've grown to be is just being in that intentional headspace. So when I thought about this question
2: where I used to be, and now I do, one of my main, I don't know, areas of study, passion, thing that I'm always curious about, and maybe I talked about this before, I can't remember, but is the idea of chronic absenteeism. So I'm talking about something, you know, a little more external, but what I'm recognizing here is, so the internal, so, you know, chronic absenteeism defined right as missing 10 percent or more of a school year which is roughly about 18 days if you do you know a school year is about 180 days and so there's chronic absenteeism and that's kind of like bad and then there's habitual which is even worse so chronic absenteeism is going to get you flagged and habitual is really the people we like never see you know and they're kind of missing and now post-COVID, it's dramatically, you know, so it's always been a problem. It's always been my thing that I'm working on. And now it's everybody's thing, you know, because attendance rates haven't, haven't come back. And so, did I share this with you, like from the group of a, attendance works where they've broken it down into four, you know, so they're like chronic absenteeism can be looked at four ways. One, it's about barriers. Like you really just can't get there. Transportation's an issue. You're homeless at the time. You're five years old and someone won't take you and you can't just walk there. So there's barriers is the first one. Second is aversions, which means like something you're avoiding at the school. It could be bullying. It could be social anxiety. It could be your parents are trying to avoid, you know, the social workers and the systems that are trying to engage with you. Three is disengagement where you just don't feel Any connection to the work, to the people, like either as a student you don't feel like you have friends or you don't feel connected to the staff. And the fourth is misconceptions, which really just kind of means your cognitive distortions around school and, you know, thinking like, oh if I miss one day a week it's really not a big deal, okay? And so those are the four, you know, and so it's barriers, aversions, disengagement, or misconceptions. And so throughout the course of the development of my program, I've gotten good at addressing the first three because, again, they're kind of external, you know, where it is like I can hook you up with the resources to figure out how to get you here. I've created an environment where we don't have these like the bullying and the social anxiety, or your parents aren't trying to, whatever, it, you know, avoid me. And it's very student led, and so it's engaging. But misconceptions, which could sound like the easiest, is the hardest because these are like our ideas that we've been carrying for a long time. And so I've been like, okay, how do I get better at working with students on the misconceptions and with families about the misconceptions? And I even had my students in the past two weeks, like, rate themselves. I'm like, here's the four things. What do you think? And they were able to say over the course of their lifetime, they could see where it was one of these four. But right now, it's definitely in the misconceptions, you know, that they kind of just, even though they're in a program that they know supports them and this and that, they still just have this mental picture or that neural pathway about school is not safe, school is not good and so again like it's literally about like how do we change those neural pathways so back to <laughs> how I used to be and how I am now so I used to be a lot more hardcore like no, no excuses you know what I mean by like I don't care what you're doing you need to get here yeah. you know and you know I would think about the beginning of my career I just was more like that and now I am definitely way more compassionate and curious about absence you know, and so that is, and, and now even more so. Mm-hmm. Like, so I've been that way, and now I'm like, okay, I feel like we're looking at examining something totally new in schools. Because one, schools will generally look at attendance as just you're here or you're not here. You're not, you're not yeah. here, guess what? Get here. Yes. Period. Maybe someone might talk to you about a little problem, be like, oh, your family's car is broke, I'll give you bus ticket for a week or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But we really don't indicate what barrier or aversion, what that falls into, and we certainly don't have real strategies in place, systemically, mm-hmm. to like help with it. So again, sorry, long-winded, but um, this is what i thought about with this like i used to kind of look at attendance myself a little bit more as like a, you know cut and dried issue and i was kind of really always banking on my relationship you know what i mean of Mm -hmm. like you know we're cool with each other we're gonna get here you know whatever and and when i was younger even feeling more like it was a little bit more about me Mm -hmm. Uh, then now recognizing that there's just so much more and you really will get farther with with the curiosity and the compassion and the one thing I have done with the misconceptions and I did this years ago was I do have my students um, take their own attendance every day like I have a chart on the wall that is like you put a sticker up for every day that you're here and it's a half sticker if you're late and so they could see because these kids would feel, I think because they, they like where they come, they would feel like they're there all the time. You know what yeah. I mean? They'd, you know what I mean? So I'd be like, you know, you kind of like miss quite a bit and they'd be like, what do you mean? I love being here, I'm here. I'm like, you miss like every Monday, you yeah. know? And like, and so that they can start identifying their patterns and so that got a little bit at misconceptions, but yep, I just see it as, you know, I used to be one way, now I'm, I'm more in the compassionate and curious And there's still lots of work to do.
1: I like compassionate and curious, and what you're saying resonates with something I thought about for myself too, which was, and I'm gonna add patience to that, because for Mm -hmm. me, Mm -hmm. it was about patience. And and not that it's not for you, but I I thought about uh, an impatience actually before, that you have to become more patient as a teacher, like that's just inevitable. But uh, just growing and realizing at times being impatient with people and and not really aware of systems and that changing to being a lot more patient with people. But now my impatience is with systems. Yeah. I'm just really impatient and almost fed up, like just change, can we just fix mm-hmm. these systems? But trying to find a place of, of maybe patience with systems because the patience with people allowed me to step back and say, oh, so there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm wondering like, if I can get that patience with systems, because yeah. also if I don't, it's gonna burn me out. Like you can only be right. impatient and fed up Right, that wears you down and I'm worried that that is what's going to burn me out like how long will that impatience last and so and then also what will be unveiled if I can gain that patience with these systems that are broken and backwards and upside down
3: I deal with the kids who are at school but they're just not they're not there like they're sitting in class not doing anything Mm -hmm. but you're present but you're chronically absentee but just I think about some of my conversations that I have to break down like how school work, like math class, is like steps. If you miss sixth grade, you're gonna struggle cause they don't really see it and put that together. But that was just fascinating on that. So yes, thank you for that tool. I appreciate it. You might
2: it. want to too, when you, when you talked about like your kids are there, but you're not there. Look at levels of engagement. Oh. It's just something you can yeah. look up the whole like Schlechty Center for engagement. Yes. I love their levels of like passive compliance yes. and you know down to resistance and yeah because most kids are in passive compliance like they're there but they're, but they're
0: that's that's what we see i would say that the high school is like kids who are present but then they go like on a 20-minute bathroom break Yeah, they're present and then you're like wait a second we we just did a transition for activity and during that transition they ducked out crap you know and then Kind of, I feel like those misconceptions like you're talking about earlier of like, hey, you just ducked out for 20 minutes while we did the lab. The fun thing that I was most excited for you to get to do, that's when you left. Now we're gonna go take boring notes on it and you're here again. (laughs) You know, like, you got those notes from a friend. Maybe you should have skipped now, you know? Um, And so that's always my like challenge. And then going into it with a curiosity of like, where are you going? You know. Oh, like, right. What need are you really what getting? You, is your
2: bladder really full? Yes. Or
0: you're dying to check your phone. Yeah. You know, and let's who just talk is, about it. And who is pulling you away? And that's the like really challenging place to kind of like if kid that you have a strong relationship with, like gently challenge them, like, do you think this person you suddenly started to hang out with is a good influence? Because I would say I'm more cognitive if I was gonna do my then and now. Before I might have like really thrown to the wind the challenge of whom their peers are with mixed results and maybe even a little bit of unprofessionalism, you know? And now I'm really strategic with it, but careful, you know, of like, well, what are you, who are you hanging out with? Do you, do you feel like that person brings out the best in you? And trying to make them feel empowered, but still maybe reflect on who are, their peers are, especially if it's a new, fear, a new peer. Like a new friend or a new boyfriend a new girlfriend or something that's like you never used to do this and all of a sudden you got a girlfriend and i see her wait for you in the hallway and then you like pick her up and then you guys go on the lap and you show back up do you think that's the right idea you know
1: it doesn't sound unprofessional i think what might feel unprofessional is it it's parenting yeah Like (laughs) as a teacher you're you're parenting right and you're putting on a parent hat and so it it feels unprofessional because like, I, this is not my hat or it shouldn't be, but it's parenting, it's mentoring. Yeah. You know, you're getting into that relational, that social. It's making me think of something that has changed for me in having kids, like it, it a whole new perspective. And I think has added to that patience of like this, yeah. if this were my child, yeah, what would I say? What would I do? And even beyond that, like this is somebody's heart. Like this is somebody's yeah. child, right? Yeah. And like, and, and they're here making these decisions in front of me. And so, I, like how, how do I step in, right? When, what do I say? And so not only like stepping in to say something,
3: but the words that you say change. Yeah. Yep. Uh,
0: yeah.
3: And I always say, if you're not patient, you become a patient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
2: it makes perfect sense too, in terms of the, the level of students you teach adolescence, you know, the social and emotional part of your brain is, that's where you're having the most intensive growth mm-hmm. yep. you know and so right we're conditioned we're conditioned to think that that is on the side or more of a parenting thing but it it actually makes sense for the students that we teach I was laughing because it was it last weekend already was prom yeah. and so right the week before yeah. prom like everybody's oh. excited and you know I'm like okay you guys might want to chill out on the fantasy like it's just gonna be like a day and then you come back and it's all the drama you know what I mean like then this week I'm just like okay the person who had the best time was my student who went by herself yeah you know what I mean and like like, got dropped off went by herself did her thing and left yeah and so but that was a huge part of our world this week right was helping people through this, talking yes. them through this. And, and, it in, and it is about how to have relationships and communicate. And oh my gosh, yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to our Pass the Mic segment. This week we have Gwen from Wisconsin Rapids writing in. And they're saying, what are some things I can do during the summer to give me a leg up on the start of a new school
0: year? Well, first, I feel like Gwen should get themselves into some type of summer routine, maybe where there's intentional relaxation to recharge some batteries. And then if they truly want to get a leg up on maybe some summer, like, school year things maybe they plan it out Do they want to redo the bulletin boards Do they get excited about something like that? But I would really really encourage anybody as they get to summer like take July, take June off and like not go to school and just see how you like June and and then you can revisit the idea of like getting a head start.
1: you have to recharge beyond a hundred percent yeah just yeah. to end back up at 100% yeah. and l- go down from yeah. <laughs> from there. Yeah, It's not enough to just go charge back up to 100%. Yep. Yep.
3: Not being a traditional teacher, I always like to think of the mindset, like, can you, and this is a real question, can you prepare for stuff you don't know what you're gonna get? I'll throw out something out of left field maybe, but that's connected with
1: that, because yeah. I, again, with theater and improv in my background, I think something, that you can prepare for. Uh, Improv is something where you're just making it up, right? How can you prepare for something that you're just making up on the spot? But of course, there's improv classes, there's techniques, there's frameworks, there's things that all of the improvisers are using to craft something together. And so, I don't know, Gwen, maybe take an improv class. I like that. Uh, (laughs) Teach you some (laughs) techniques to think on your feet and be in the moment. I think, again, there's a lot of parallels to creating things with students in the moment and responding in the moment and listening. Um, I think a lot can be learned from mm-hmm. taking an improv class. And they just fun too. Like it it, fun. They'll recharge yeah. you for That's sure. That's something fun yeah. to do
0: on a Tuesday night, Yeah. which is sometimes, you know, the summer, yeah. the summer can, especially if you don't have like a, a partner or kids, the summer can be weird. Where all of a sudden you're like, I have no reason to get up, you know? And so you have to kind of find a way to balance yourself so you don't get kind of like stuck or in a rut where you're not feeling good about your day to day. And so having like a weekly thing to go do, some new peers to maybe make, maybe drag along another colleague, that you wanna like, hey, let's go do this thing together as teacher partners and like see what kind of goofiness comes out of it. It can be really
3: fun. I like
2: that. Myself, when I thought about Gwen's question, um, first of all, it did, it was a little reflective of the competition culture to me of just like leg up. Um, but aside from that, I thought about really what do I do and, you know, and offering my own perspective to Gwen about like, this is how I kind of approach a summer where I really tried to let everything from the year, what I say, download and integrate. We're running so much in the school year, like you right, it's a blur. And so you do really need that time for it all to just like, come in and then like what is this in my my being and so i i do just really try to pay attention to what is hanging around in my head and my heart from the year and then like what felt light and good and i'll want more of that and what felt hard and heavy and why did that why was that you know or what you know what was that about or what was my part of it or um so I do take the summer I think it's natural it's not like I'm put it on a schedule I was like reflect on Tuesday <laughs> but you know it just kind of happens I feel a bit and I don't know I've been working in partnership with my teaching partner for the past 12 years and I remember our first two years together. Like we'd meet, like we'd create our own little summer institute. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, and we're like, uh-huh. we're renting a cabin, and we're gonna knock out next school year. Yeah, we did.
0: You know? <laughs> and we. I am. I'm planning to do that for like three days this school year. <laughs> yeah. this summer. We're no cabins, yeah. but we're meeting up. <laughs> yeah. No.
2: We right. We we go somewhere really intentional and like make our own little retreat and kind of take our notes from the year and. And again at that time it did make sense and it was good. Yeah. Once then now though we would never do that. Now we we are more like what felt good, what felt bad, what are what are we willing to carry forward with us and what are we leaving behind? Mm. Yes. So Gwen's question here can make me think too about the you, you know, used to and now is that like you know, in not dragging forward, you really can bring a lot of your resentments you know with you or like oh next year I'm proving this. I think that was when we were starting a lot of our plans and this is what I see in school districts too my plans were made out of the defensive you know what I mean Mm -hmm. of like what you know what are we gonna show oh they think this part's weak oh well then do you see what I'm saying and I feel like that's what those summer institutes were about a little bit too about like how are we gonna and now, yeah, I would just more work on like how do we leave that behind us? Just we have to let that go, and how do we go forward?
0: You know, the other thing is, um, so I do throughout the year make you know edits to worksheets. Want to change this? Want to change that? Oh, I wish even something as simple as like I wish there was more space on this worksheet, or you know, I could ask that question different. I wish this lab is too hand holdy. How can I make this lab more inquiry based or project kind of exploration? So I do sometimes view the summer as an opportunity to finally edit the worksheets, finally maybe flip up flip the lab. I'm gonna try to do something different. But I actually put a pretty hard barrier on not working for free in the summer. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I really I I will spend maybe an hour here, maybe an hour there, but I'm not coming to school for eight hours unless I'm being paid. And I really am kind of honest with people that it costs 50 bucks a day for daycare. Yep. And so I have three kids, it's 150 bucks a day. So if you want me to come in for a three day retreat to learn about something new, you better pay me X amount of dollars so I can pay for daycare and then like at least kind of make it worth that I came here for the day. Um, I really appreciate school districts now that are starting to offer daycare right at the PD for people to bring their kids. My school district did that before COVID. They have not brought it back since COVID, but when that was an option, at least it made it feel like a little bit more palatable that I was going to be taking time out of my day to go to these things. And so I would say for Gwen, Don't bite off more than you chew. Don't work for free and maybe challenge your colleagues too. Like if they are say, this summer we could do a four days, 10 hour days, let's just crank out new units. That's a big undertaking that you're gonna resent. Mm -hmm. Especially if something flops or all of a sudden you get to the school year and the calendar's tighter than it was and now you're gonna throw out those lessons that you spent all summer making you might hold some resentment about what you did that summer.
2: Yeah. So maybe the big message is just you are enough yeah. and what enough. you did
0: was enough. Yeah.
2: And when you arrive, you know, when you were like, how am I going to prepare for what I don't even know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Any cha- any changes you're going to do in the summertime should be changes that make your life easier next year. Mm-hmm. There you go. You hear that Gwen? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let go of last year, yeah. right? <laughs> Daniel,
0: what is some ju- suggestions that you bring to the table?
1: Uh, well, I love this idea of a retreat in with other people especially but even just individually like what does that look like everything from like go to a spa like literally retreat go away right get away retreat from the current situation and r- heal rediscover yourself take a breath take a moment um, but also that professional retreat like maybe some individual visioning, right? The visioning always happens at a, as a, at our a team retreat or something well, that like that. Well,
2: that is like, where, when we started, that is where I had gotten the idea because early in my career, I did have this really fantastic boss at district office where we did do these awesome retreats, like where we'd rent like this lodge, you know what I mean? Yes. And we'd all cook and and she'd bring in like motivational speak. Yes. You know what I mean? It was very restorative, motivational, and that you know was kind of my thought and again right great memories are made you know with your colleagues on that but looking at it differently when i was in california last time we were recording one of the keynote speakers there again and i said it to you guys before we were recording was like right there should be no professional development unless it unless it involves personal development yeah mm. because it will not matter and so as a whole, the institution of education, like we keep talking about this internal, it is time to, to develop, a, you know, to help us with our personal development because, mm-hmm. again, you, you literally can't learn, take on things new, make real connections if that's not there.
1: And I think also with the personal development, like what keeps you grounded personally and professionally. So in addition to what is gonna make my life easier next year, I think the question, and this might fit into that retreat and personal visioning of what is gonna keep me rooted, what's gonna keep me grounded. Um, And of course this turned into like three C's. As an educator, everything's gotta be some An initialism acronym. or <laughs> acronym. So, center, right? What is going to be my center for next year? And that could be like whatever it is for you, right? I want to get my kids outdoors more, more outdoor learning, or I want to do more project based learning, or I want to be centered in the, the external and social emotion, uh, emotional well being. And, you know, what is that that you really want to put at the center next year? And then, how am I going to cultivate it? So, maybe that's going to a workshop over the summer. Maybe it's doing some learning, maybe just some reflecting about it and how are you really gonna dig into it over the summer? That was the second, so go center, cultivate, and then who can I connect with? Mm-hmm. Someone yeah. who's ex- who has an expertise or somebody who also wants to center it, and you can kind of be this cohort into the next year, yes. and you have that connection to to help you last into next year. So for whatever it is, you wanna keep at your center for next year, find a way to cultivate it and find people to connect with, mm-hmm. I think that's, would get a leg up, not in terms of this rat race, but also just yeah. a leg up in terms of For yourself. having a sustainable year. Mm-hmm.
0: It'd be interesting it. too to take a PLC and say, all right, we're gonna have uh, once a month or once every other week, we're gonna just have a bonfire at each other's houses mm-hmm. because doesn't it feel like you can't help but not talk shop when you're with a group of friend teacher friends? Mm-hmm. And so if you're, We're going to have a bonfire, we're going to all hang out, and then slowly you're like, you know what I really want to do next year? And yeah, I want to do that too. You know, what if we, and then all of a sudden, this summer becomes this opportunity to plan for something new, but you're planning for it organically together in a way that is still maybe healthy for a summer activities, allows you to still recharge your batteries, but you're still maybe thinking about how you want to grow as an educator for the year.
1: Thank you everyone for tuning in to today's episode. As always, pre-service and early career teachers, we'd love to hear your questions about any aspect of working in education. Veteran teachers, we'd love to hear from you too. Stories from your experiences in education and questions are always welcome. Record a voice memo or type it up and send it to education at pbswisconsin.org. Make sure to put AKA teacher in the subject line. We invite you to visit the AKA teacher podcast website to find helpful resources and all of our podcast episodes. See you next time.